what is the future for cities? Do you want to learn more about them? Do you want to know how others think about them? Do you want to be part of the conversation? That this is the right place. Welcome to What is the Future for Cities podcast. Today I will interview Dr. Tamás Mezős, architect, engineer, architectural historian, among others. We will talk about his vision for the future of cities, building archaeology, history of cities, and many more. So let's start with a proper introduction. Dr. Tamás Mezős graduated as a civil engineer and an architect in Budapest, and since then has collected more qualifications than one could count. Tamás specifically focuses on architectural and monumental conservation, currently working on multiple projects across Europe. He also taught generations of young architects about the history of architecture and connecting links across the different time periods. Tamás was also the head of the Department of History of Architecture and Monuments at the university, while also the president of the National Office of Cultural Heritage. He published extensively in his research areas, including history and theory of architectural conservation, building archaeology and diagnostics, theoretic reconstruction of Roman buildings and restoration works in Hungary, Italy, Germany and Austria. And with that, Tamás, welcome to the podcast. What does the future of cities mean to you? The future of the cities, I see. Hmm. Well, it is a very difficult question because I don't know what will be with the traffic and the green areas. First of all, the traffic. I was last week in Rome and there as well, the town is overcrowded with cars. And practically that is the same situation in Budapest. And if that trend is continuing, then of course, I have to tell you that there will be a, an, an awful jam from morning to morning. So first of all, I think that uh, we have to solve the traffic, especially in historic towns. I accept that uh, there could be strict or closed areas for cars and other vehicles, and that it would be open only for pedestrians. And of course, the second thing is that um, the green surface must be enlarged because of uh, the climate change. Last week in Rome was 39 and 40 degrees. And of course, it is uh, not for human beings. So very strict and very important uh, changes must have been made. Why do you think that historical towns struggle more with traffic than modern ones. Look, imagine Paris. There is the Champs-Élysées. And even you know that Count Osman transformed the city, the medieval city, to a new. Its first goal to make it was to make possible for the army against the workers and against the worker movements to cross the town. Of course, even today, Paris is jammed. It is impossible to make the traffic. And that is interesting for Miss Hidalgo. She is the mayor of Paris. She will close from the six lanes, I think that four from the traffic and she will give it to the pedestrians and of course with trees and with green areas. And Paris is a modern town. 
but imagine a historic one, a medieval one in Italy or Germany or anywhere else, that is even worse because the streets are narrow. And of course, if cars are parking in one side, then practically sometimes the other car couldn't cross. So it is very bad. And even the next question is, I had a lecture and I stated there that it would be important to keep the rainwater in streets. So the surface must have been created so that the possibility of collecting the rainwater is important and not to allow to the rain to go into the sewage system. So three things, decrease traffic, increase green areas, and using the rainwater. For climatical purposes. Ah, I see. So cooling down urban areas. Certainly. Mm, that's interesting. And even you can use it for the greens. That sounds very sustainable. What are the three biggest fears or concerns regarding the future of cities for you? Mm-hmm. Well, there is a joke that I am already 70 and it is not interesting <laughs> what will happen in <laughs> 20 or 30 years. But of course, I have children and uh, grandchildren, so for them it is also important. Really, against the climate change, we have to do something. Mm-hmm. Anything else as a concern or fear? That the slum era will increase because I think that the well of people will leave the downtowns. And especially, again, I have to tell you, Rome and even Hungary, that uh, there would be a population change. And of course, for them, the present culture is not as valuable as for us just now. To keep the culture, of course, we have to keep inhabitants in the town. Well, you can say that I'm elitist, but it could be true. We will come back to climate change in a bit. But first, do you think that slum areas are more common in historical towns than in modern cities? That is my fear. And why? Because the building stock or the flats are not so highly, not only maintained, the maintenance is here a problem in Hungary and even again in Rome and other European cities, but their infrastructure is lower. And first of all, I can tell you that the climatization of the flats could be solved, but usually Everybody will try to make it. And of course, their solution is awful for the facade of the buildings. And of course, the second thing is for young people, they have children. And it would be important to have playgrounds or better air. And again, they will leave and uh, who come for their place? It is a different social group. Do you feel that this new social group will change the urban character? Certainly. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And is it certainly bad to change the urban character? Look, you know better than me 
that my profession is monument preservation. So first of all, my thing is that we have to keep the historic character of the towns. And if they lose it, then practically they will lose their values. For example, for the tourists, nobody will go there. Imagine that uh, more than 20 years before, when I was in Brussels, and I wanted to visit Hortas buildings, and colleagues mentioned that don't go there alone because it is dangerous. You know, another story that uh, I was with a group of students in Palermo, and some years before that journey, I visited a certain part of Palermo. And when we went late uh, night in the city around, then the guide asked us not to enter into a special area because it is dangerous. And I visited it and nothing happened with me. And the local men urged us not to enter there. Mm-hmm. And I visited Naples and everything, and really nothing happened. It is another question that in the early afternoon in Bari, I was rebutted, robbed out. Oh, wow. Yes. You mentioned that changing the flats for accommodating the new needs. So, for example, keeping the air cool enough to survive the urban heat destroys the building's facades. Do you have suggestions how to do it properly or how not to destroy the facades? And of course, you have to bring the cooling system up to the roof. So that There would be... are chimneys in every building and in the chimney you can lead the tubes up. It is really not a problem. Mm-hmm. But of course, it is much more easier to go out on the facade walls in one meter than to lead the tube, let's say, 20 meters up. Is this a client issue or is this a developer issue? It's a client issue, of course. Why? Well, if you enter into a historic town, usually the developer are either building new buildings, and it is a question, but it is not interesting for me. Secondly, if somebody would like to renew historic buildings, then of course they have to gain money. And as I see now in Italy and Hungary and some neighboring countries as well, that the state will not give support to people to renew their flats. And of course they will sell the roof. And of course, if you look in the internet after Yoka Yuta 8, mm-hmm. what happened now, it was the fault of the execution. And of course, these historic buildings, the condition of them, the technical condition of them, it is not the best. And it is after me profession to know how to deal them. And usually we have not enough professionals who can execute that question mm-hmm. or solve that question. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, which is more important or more appropriate? Renew a historical building or retain the historical building? 
And of course, you have to renew it. And what does this renewal mean for you? The first and the most important question is building archaeology. I don't know whether you know that expression, but it exists in the European English. The German original of that is Bauforschung. What does it mean, this building archaeology? Building archaeology means that you have to learn the building structures, the forms, the architectural forms. You have to look for important inner solutions like paintings, stuccos. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you keep a historic building, you have to keep these details as well. Mm-hmm. And it is a task for architect and restorator. And of course, if you would like to hear from me, not for art historians. May I ask you why not? Art historians can state what they see, but they couldn't give solution. So the architects and the restorators could give solutions. Yes. Mm. yes. So this is the first, starting with the building archaeology. Yes. And then what is the next step in renewing a building? You have to find out how could you bring in the proper infrastructure, which means, of course, cooling, heating, and everything else. Of course, sometimes ventilation needs as well. It is a real difficult question. But if, again, I can tell you, if you know that we have chimneys, then, of course, we can solve a lot of things. Now, I'm working on the Hungarian Academy to Rome, and it is originally a Baroque building. Mm -hmm. And, of course, now there is no air conditioning. And, of course, if we are fearing from climate change, then, of course, we have to bring in Anyhow, I see that we can solve it. It is a Boromini building. Mm. Mm, yes. And could you give us this example? How will you solve the ventilation for the building? Well, all the technical background could be put in, under the roof. That is really not an important question. The question is, you have paintings important votings in the room, painted votings, then of course it is very, very difficult to make place for the incoming air. And of course, I couldn't tell you or I couldn't give an overall solution. Every place, every room needs a special solution anyhow Mm -hmm. to solve the problem. But it could be so, must be. That's reassuring that you as an architect and an engineer and a historian can solve these problems. What are the three biggest opportunities regarding the future of cities for you? Again, the future of the cities. The history of the cities goes back to about, let's say, five, six thousand of years I don't think that trend won't uh, be continued. Cities will alive. The question is how? And that is our duty to find the proper way. 
So, for example, if we are talking about Budapest, understanding that each city has its own origin and own history, what would you say the three biggest opportunities are for its future? Uh, not only for Budapest, but for all of the European cities. The solution is what I mentioned already to solve the problem of the traffic. And uh, it was a very important fault of modernism in town planning. But for example, Corbusier found out as well that he tried to make special quarters for working, for living, for amusing and so on. It is a stupidity. <laughs> Sorry to say, but that is true. Look, if you uh, see Budapest, the fifth district, which is a district for the offices of the government, after six, it is a dead part of the city, the city center. If I may tell that Verlust der Mitte von Sedlmayr, Hans Sedlmayr, the low center. Mm -hmm. And of course, now I can tell you the Budapest has no center. That is a problem. Mm. Why is it, it a problem? Take, because nothing happens in a certain district in the center of the town. It is an artificial one. It is a governmental one. But people doesn't live there because offices, offices and offices are on the place. What do you think? Why is it important for a city to have one center? And additionally, should the city only have one center or no. there should be multiple centers? Uh, multiple centers needed, ah, of okay. course. But there must have been keep the historic center. Imagine that the historic towns are much more smaller than the present. Some percent of the present surface, and there was the town of a medieval fortified unit. And something happened there since the centuries. And of course, after me, we have to keep it. But of course, I can agree with La Défense. It is important. It is a question that architecture, I like it or not. But even if the defense is a problem, that there are no living areas. And again, after six, seven o'clock, it is a dead territory of the town. And the um, de Cité or even the Quartier Latin is a vivid part of the city. Everybody is there. How can we revive the city center, in your opinion? You have to bring in interesting opportunities. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> which are, of course, I think, theater, dancing clubs or jazz clubs or anything. And of course, pub, pub, pub of different type. Do you think that people would gather around in the city centers just as before COVID-19? Did COVID-19 change the city center's purpose? Well, it would be important to change the everyday life. But as I see today here in Budapest and last week in Rome, nobody is interested <laughs> to keep security. It is a strange thing that uh, the summer period of the COVID will come. 
a friend of mine visited Switzerland by train with his wife, and they come home infected with COVID now. Again, it is a question how to find out what to do. And that is the reason that I think that more and smaller places would be important in towns to have people there. If there was in the past 20 places, then today 10 would be enough. And we have to rethink everything in our everyday life. Do you think that people are willing to change their lifestyles, if not due to COVID-19, but for the climate change? Nothing will happen. I am very pessimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you pessimistic? Because the fear in the life is only in those circumstances if something is against you and you feel But if not, everything happened with the neighbor. I'm out of the problem. And do you think that people, until they personally experience the effects of climate change, they will not change their lifestyle and their behavior? You have to start to train children in the nursery. Mm -hmm. That is the only solution. Believe me that... Nothing will change my mind and even yours. But for children of three years, and you start a pragmatic way of education, then hopefully you will get something. Why do you feel that people are not willing to change? (laughs) Because my children are enough old. I couldn't personally change their mind, their way of thinking. And of course, they will not change or educate their children at home for the necessary things. But Mm. organized education and and very comprehensive education would be important. And that is the task of the society. I think that the family couldn't solve that problem. So for you, preparing for climate change is much more a top-down than a bottom-up approach. Yes, oh, it is so. That's interesting because usually sustainability itself is rather a bottom-up approach, starting with one person doing something different. But what does sustainability mean? What does sustainability mean to you? <laughs> Well, of course, to keep the culture and the cultural philosophy. Culture is what, for me, is the most important question. And Mm -hmm. if you keep the culture, and of course, I know that there is no one single one on the earth. We have to accept that there are, I don't know, eight or nine. I couldn't remember how many cultural uh, aspects was uh, written by Huntington, but probably that is true. And of course, the culture will not mix, but evolve, could be said, to another. So sustainability for you is from the social point of view. So sustainability is rather social sustainability. Yes. Read Fukuyama. Roger that, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting that 
regarding climate change, you haven't mentioned sustainability. Is this because you feel they are separate issues? Well, I will try to find historic examples. Well, uh, you know that Egypt in history, the present desert, it was a savanna with trees, herbs, animals, and so on. And when the climate change, the increasing of temperature occupied that uh, northern part of Africa, then, of course, culture collapsed. You can go and see. Of course, there were other important causes why the culture or why the society collapsed because it was an Arabic invasion into the old Egyptians. But the Egyptian culture was not enough strong to keep their values. And imagine that what happened in Rome. There was an other side of the climate change because that was the cooling period of Europe at about thousand or some centuries before thousand. But perhaps because of the face, culture was kept. There was an organization which brought forward or brought through the thinking and the culture. And from that could grow out renaissance. If we couldn't keep our culture, then of course everything will change. And then there will be areas bigger and bigger, as I told you in Palermo or Brussels, which was occupied by different culture. And of course, there are values which will be lost. And that is a danger. And later on, the libraries, the museums, and everything. Climate change is less of a concern for you than losing the culture of a place. Yes. You have to prepare yourself against the climate change, of course. If you miss it, then, of course, that would be a problem for the culture or on the culture. What is your role? in establishing the future of cities, in helping keeping the culture. Look, I'm in pension. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you are working like crazy. Yes, it could be said. <laughs> What I can do, it is writing, of course, and to have lectures, nothing else. I won't take governmental role. It is not my business already. Mm -hmm. Younger people must do it. But perhaps if there would be some articles for the future which would be important, then I would be very happy. And how does this whole thinking about the future of cities present itself in your work? Well, in the scale of the cities, I am trying to get interested in the evaluation plan of Budapest as a fertility center. I did already some examples, but uh, the poor thing is here that I have to tell you that for the government or for the authorities, fertility is not a question. And they couldn't understand that culturally we will lose a value. It is a problem, but practical problem is that tourism will decrease. And I 
couldn't prove. I tried to make it with figures that if the slum era of Budapest will increase, then of course, first tourists for England and Germany, they come for two days to drink and not to see the values of Budapest, but they are here for drinking because it is a cheap place and then they leave. And then later they will leave Budapest as well and they will change other places and it is a problem. So what would you change in Budapest? <laughs> First of all, is the problem, the condition of the buildings, the historic buildings. Practically, I can tell you that every year then cure some accidents with deaths. Well, Yoko Street 8, what I mentioned, there was not that person, but only she loses her legs. She will be disabled and she was a ballerina in the opera theater. Ooh. Imagine that. And even a dog would be disabled because something was fallen down from the roof. Mm -hmm. Then it is a tragedy. And everybody must understand that it couldn't be never sold by people mm -hmm. because the communist rule didn't keep the confiscated buildings. And then in the 90s, early 90s, they were sold in a very bad condition. And it was, the flats were very cheap and people bought it, mm -hmm. but they were not enough rich to invest to their buildings. They mm -hmm. couldn't understand what the property means for them. And it could be solved only by the state, by the central intervention. Of course, then secondly, you have to solve the traffic. And of course, you have to increase the territory of the green areas. Don't build in parks. I know that this is the best way of founding building plots for the architects, but not a solution for the city. Thank you, Tamash, for your answers. I'm conscious of the time. So as a closing question, do you have any requests or closing comments for the audience? <laughs> it is a difficult question for an old wise man. <laughs> Because it would be necessary to find out something important for the future. And I can tell that everybody must understand their neighboring territories and what is a fear against the proper life. If you wouldn't understand it, then of course nothing will change and a lot of problems will occur, especially first of all because of climate change. Thank you very much, Tomáš, again, for your time and your answers. Thank you. Bye-bye. It was fascinating to hear from Tomáš about the importance of social and cultural sustainability and the need for multiple centers, not to mention his views on Budapest's chances for a better future. You can find out more about Tomáš online. All the links are in the show notes. What was the most interesting part for you? What questions did rise regarding Tamash's approach to the future of cities? What have you learned from this interview? Let me know on Twitter at WTF4Cities or on the website where the transcripts and show notes are available. Additionally, I will highly appreciate if you consider subscribing. I hope this was an interesting interview for you as well and thanks for tuning in. What is the future for cities podcast? 